Hello everyone, this is the next in uh, my series of discussions with Fraser Fernhead, the founder of The House Crowd. Fraser, I hope you forgive me for saying this, but whenever I mention crowdfunding and peer-to-peer lending, <coughs> peer-to-peer investments, it seems that people are a little bit confused. Why do you think that is? Yeah, I think that's a fair point, Paul. Um, I mean, it, it's odd really, because I suppose because I, I sort of came up with the idea, it, it, it's second nature to me and the people who live and breathe it every day it's very very straightforward um i mean in essence property crowdfunding covers the whole specter of investing whether that's equity investing which is ownership of shares and it also covers the peer-to-peer lending which is the debt-based side of things um way lending directly to borrowers and essentially it's it's very very simple that they're both ways of new ways of doing things that have been around for a long long time so equity property crowdfunding is simply buying a property except rather than buying it individually you're buying it with a crowd of other people and the mechanism to do that is through a limited company very very simple then the company owns the property there's nothing new or unusual about that it's just the way it's funded and the internet has enabled um, lots of people who otherwise wouldn't be able to invest in property to participate. So there's nothing new in the investments in itself. It's it's just quite simply property investment. What's new about it is that via a web platform, it enables lots of other people to participate in it. So it's it's essentially very very simple. Peer to peer lending again, you know, peer to peer means person to person. It's it's not complicated. In fact, often how I um explain this to people that you know i say if you, you ever lent money to a property developer before and people say no never done that before i go well do, do you have a bank account and most people go well yes of course i've got a bank account i go well what the bank does with your money when you put it in your account is lend it to businesses and property developers and people like that so in essence your money is being used to lend to property developers already or property owners. The difference is rather than the bank lending it out on your behalf, you're now able to make those loans directly to property owners, property developers, or in the case of some other companies, to small and medium sized businesses. But you're cutting the banks out and lending direct. And that is great because it gives the borrowers a better deal. And it gives you a better return on your money because you haven't got the bank acting as this middleman taking out a large part of the profits. So it's really, they're both just really new ways of operating a business, businesses that have been around forever, essentially. So it's, it shouldn't be confusing, but I think it's just the terminology perhaps sometimes people find hard to get their head around. Yeah, it's um, also it's when you, when uh, you say the loans you make are secured yeah. and the investments people make are secured. How, yeah. What does that entail? Can you explain that? <clears throat> yeah, there's two types of um, peer-to-peer or, or secured le- um, peer-to-peer lending. One is unsecured loans where you're lending money to individual businesses that if the borrower doesn't pay back, you, you have very little recourse. You can take them to the courts, but that's expensive and time consuming. What secured lending means is when you lend money to somebody, you put a charge against their asset. Now, there are some companies who will accept boats, cars, yachts, jewellery, whatever as assets. We don't do that. What we do, the only type of asset we accept as security 
is real estate so it's land and property and the way we secure that is in exactly the same way as a bank would secure any money it lent you to buy your house as a mortgage you do that by placing what's known as a legal charge at the land registry and what that means is that property cannot be sold without you releasing that charge from the property and clearly you're only going to do that when the money you're owed has been repaid so it's a very very secure way to protect your money when right. you lend it to somebody i see what what kind of properties do you lend on are there specific properties um, well we there are two types i don't want to get too complicated there are regulated and unregulated loans regulated loans are first charge loans to homeowners we don't do that we are the loans we make are commercial loans so they are to business business owners or buy to let landlords or property developers or investors and they are secured against either residential or commercial property um, that is generally not the person's primary residence so it's not a property they live in unless it's perhaps a second charge in which case it, it can be but essentially it's I don't want to overcomplicate oh. it it's against UK property that is it can be residential commercial or, or mixed use so you lend all over the country or any specific areas um, yep it's we, we we take into account the nature of the property market in areas we are lending in. So there are a few areas we would be very careful about lending in. Um, but there's no reason why we wouldn't lend in, in most areas of the country. Oh, I see. It just has to be a reasonably liquid market because ultimately, if the borrower doesn't repay and you're going to have to sell that property, you want to know that you're going to be able to sell it reasonably quickly. So as long as it fulfills that criteria, we don't oh. we don't have any geographical restrictions. OK, then. Um, what protection do the lenders get to make sure they don't lose their money? Well, as, as I said, it's, it's, it's essentially it's a legal charge against the borrower's property. So mm -hmm. in the event the borrower doesn't repay, um, we can we can instruct um, what's called a um, a receiver. Um, who we use a company called GVA Grimley, uh, more often than not. Who can go in? They can take possession of the property, value it up. It will be put on the market with a number of different agents. If it doesn't sell within a fixed period of time, it then goes to auction. So, and then when when the proceeds from the sale come, they're distributed first of all to the lenders, the investors, and any balance is then passed back to the original property owner. Oh, I see. So when, when you're paying interest to investors, when, when is that paid? The interest is paid when the loan is repaid. Right, right, right. Um, do you charge them any fees? We don't charge our investors any fees, no. We make a margin on top of the money um, that we lend to, to borrowers. So our investors will typically receive um, a 9% rate, say, and we, we will make approximately 4% on top of that. Oh, I see. From what I understand, investors can receive up to nine, possibly ten percent on your loans. Is that correct? Yeah, it is. It, it, there are some loans that are six percent. They tend to be the very, very secure ones at, um, say, fifty percent loan to value. Most of the loans we we lend up to seventy, seventy-five percent of the value of the property, and they tend to pay eight or nine percent. And the average we've paid out to people, or the average people have received over the last three years, has been nine point two percent. On development loans, it tends to go up to 10, it's generally a flat 10% on development loans. Right. It's interesting because given where bank 
uh, rates are at the moment, how, how poor uh, savings rates are generally yeah, throughout virtually, the country. Virtually nothing, yeah. Yeah, it seems that these kind of rates at 9 and 10% are a bit too good to be true. What would you say, that's what I think, what would you say to people who said that? Well, I can understand it in a way, but everyone has different perceptions of life and, you know, you, you, you need to assess things for yourself. You need to understand how the investments work. If you understand that the, the short-term finance, finance, um, short-term finance industry has existed for decades otherwise known as the bridging industry yeah. if you understand why borrowers will pay a high rate of interest to have money at a short for short term I mean, we're not talking the sorts of rates that payday lenders charge here at you know 1200 percent or three thousand percent a year we're talking about business people who are prepared to pay 18 18 percent say to have a certain sum of money for a short period of time to take advantage of a business opportunity to cover a temporary cash flow and they're prepared to pay over the odds to have that flexibility or to be able to take advantage of an opportunity and it's only over a short period of time so if you understand that this industry has existed for decades yeah. if you understand why borrowers are prepared want to borrow when they can't go to banks because banks aren't in this market they're, they're too inflexible they yeah. take too long to make the loans they they check all sorts of things that means they, you know, the credit ratings borrowers and all sorts of things that are relevant. The only things that are relevant to us is how is the borrower going to repay that loan in six months, nine right. months time. And that is usually by the sale of a property or refinancing. If they can do that, we're happy to lend them right. the money. So if you understand the bridging industry has been around for decades, if you understand the reasons why someone will be prepared to pay 18% a year in interest, and if you understand that billionaires and financial institutions have been making these loans for decades, and the only thing that has changed is that web platforms like ours now make these sorts of investments available to you to participate in, then it's up to you. But we have 16,000 members who've all been paid everything they promised. They've lost no money. They've received 9.2% average returns. If people want to con continue turning their nose up and saying it's too good to be true, then fine, miss out while thousands of other people take advantage of it because it, it's happening. And there are tens and tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people now participating in this. It's a fully regulated industry. Everything we, we say and do is checked by the Financial Conduct Authority um, to make sure we're, we're operating in a transparent and honest fashion. But, you know, if you still want to remain sceptical, that's your choice. You'll miss out. OK, so I see that. But there must be some risks involved in this process. If, I, if I'm an investor, what, what risks should I be aware of? Of course, Paul, of course. There, there are risks in any investment. I, I know we've covered this in... In other in other interviews, and yeah. we are we are very transparent and clear and upfront about the risks involved. Nobody should be investing in these unless they have read those risks, they understand how they're mitigated, and they're prepared to accept those risks. Because there are risks. There are risks in leaving your money in a bank account, quite frankly. In fact, the only guarantee with leaving your money in a bank account is it's going to be worth less next year than it is this year. <laughs> you know, if you you put your money in government bonds, there is a small risk. There's also a very, very small return on that. Mm. We're paying, as I said, about 9% return a year. There are risks. The risks are that there could be fraud involved with the borrower. We do everything we can to mitigate that, all sorts of checks. There are risks that the property will either fall in value or that the valuation we've got on that property, which underpins the whole loan essentially, yeah. might not be accurate. Okay, that's a risk. How do we mitigate it? Well, we have a panel of trusted professional surveyors who are all qualified by the Royal Institute of Chartered Surveyors. 
Um, they have professional negligence and in professional indemnity insurance should they make a mistake and they value something wrongly and we can seek to rely on that insurance if something go wrong. We have spot checks by another firm on, on every so often where they look, they look at the surveys our panel surveyors are doing and yeah. check those. We do what we can to mitigate them. We do our own desktop valuations. We check previous sale values at the land registry to make sure they're not out of whack. We do all sorts of things. Other things that can go wrong, well, the borrower may not repay, as we know, but ultimately, if you can possess the property, it's dependent on the valuation. Um, there could be a hitch with the insurance and the property may burn down. Again, that's it's not... It's not possible to say that absolutely won't happen, no, but clearly we no. get copies of the insurance certificates. The borrower is obliged to maintain that insurance and throughout the period of the loan, and we keep checks on that. So there are things that can go wrong, as there are with any investment, but what we do is have very, very sound processes for making and managing those loans as they go along. Our underwriting manuals are available on the website. People can see the sorts of the length um, lengths we go to and the level of detail we go into to try and make sure these things don't happen but hand on heart I can't 100% say that nothing's ever going to go wrong because yeah. it might do <clears throat> and that's why we always advocate spreading your money over a number of different investments in that case if something goes wrong with one of them and no one look I want to point this out no one's lost any money on these loans mm. as yet we've been doing it three years people have got very good returns and no one to date has lost any money it may well happen. Could happen tomorrow. It could happen in a year. Some somewhere, somewhere along the line, something will probably go wrong. That's life. Mm. So what we say to people is spread your money over a number of different investments and don't ever invest more than you can afford now to you, lose. You've made it clear. Thank you for that. You made it very clear that you've got lots of controls to mitigate, minimise risk. Um, do I take it that you're also regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority? Yeah, of, of course. When when we first started, um, we were the first property crowdfunding company in the world. It's There's now tens and tens of property crowdfunding companies in the UK alone. It's a global industry. It's, it's forecast to be worth $250 billion by the end of 2020. So it's massive. You know, there are... There are many people out there who, who say it's re totally revolutionising the banking industry and tra transforming the whole financial services industry. So it's, it's massive. And of course, yes, it's now fully regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority. Nice. Um, we received our full, full authorisation and um, what have you last year. Um, and any company you deal with, well, if they're, if they're not regulated by the FCA, the Financial Conduct Authority, are, are acting illegally. So you can check it very easily. You go onto um, a company's website, they will have the number uh, printed normally in the foot of the website, published on the foot of the website. And then you can go to the FCA website and you can check that company against the register. And what, what that means is, you, it means you have the assurance of deal. I mean, they really do go through all the all the directors of a company all their backgrounds everything with a fine tooth comb they we have to have compliance officers in place we report to to, to the fca on a monthly basis yeah. on money we've raised anything that go wrong we have to report complaints to them um we have to make sure everything we say is transparent and fair and balanced so Again, doesn't totally. You see what happened with the banks. Things can go wrong, yeah. and there can, there can be fraud, yes. and there, 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 there can be um, 
said fraudulent behaviour or things can go wrong. But what it means being FCA regulated gives you the assurance as you're dealing with a company who is as white as they possibly can be. You know, as my as my partner says, you know, we have to be whiter than white for the FCA. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's excellent. Thank you very much for making uh, clear what to some people may well be a confusing area of, uh, of the financial services marketplace. But thank you very much indeed. Excellent. Thank you. Thanks, Paul. To find out more about crowdfunding in general, read Fraser's book, The Alternative Guide to Property Investment, available on Amazon.co.uk. Or to find out more about the house crowd, visit thehousecrowd.com.